here we are. Uh, it's 2021. Um, in in front of me, I have uh, the vinyl version of uh, the Tamus Wells album I play on Vondre D. I have Tamus here with me. Uh, I'm Nathan Collins, so the, the record tells me I was the producer <laughs> from this record. <laughs> uh, and I played drums, percussion, and keyboards. Uh, and and the idea today is that Tamus and I have just gotten together uh, to try and remember. 15 years, yeah. apparently, yeah. Uh, and of course, we're, we're coming out of the COVID pandemic, so the last two years is this weird yep. time warp. I don't yes. know if it's been a long time or a really short period of time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, 15 years since uh, this record kind of entered the world. Yeah, and and, and very thankful to um, Lyrico in Japan and Shin for having the idea of releasing it on, on vinyl after after this many years. Um, um, yeah, and, and it's a beautiful it's beautiful to hold in your hands. It looks looks great. Yeah, really yeah. really nice Japanese print quality. Really nice production. Yeah, um, and. I, you, you know, we, we've been chatting a little bit before we hit record, but not too much, and and just realizing that um, it, it's kind of it's a long story. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, making music together yes. uh, has been a really long story, and, and some of it gets blurry. And, and but also some very une- sort of unexpected. Well, this whole album was saying how it just very unexpected in the way that it turned out. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, which I guess maybe maybe we can jump straight into some context. So I, I, I had to look up on the internet what year all this happened. <laughs> so this was 2006. Mm. Um, and and uh, I remember 2001 getting a phone call from you saying, I've got this music project. I want to put a band together. Mm. Yep. Um, and at the time, I was about to travel for three months, and so I said I yeah. can't do anything. And you said that's fine. So, so that kind of that gets us back, I think, to mid to late two thousand and one. Yeah, yeah. And you'd been you'd been making music for a year or two before that. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah. So we're sort of in. It's it's like coming out of shared houses post uni and yeah, writing off the songs. Yeah. So that that was probably the early EP. That stitch in time. Yeah, before the first album. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, but we we also t- toured a lot around Australia. Yeah, in some of those yeah initial years. Yeah, so that's what we're we're, we're working at. I think two thousand and two, I counted up that there were thirty days in that year mm. when we were traveling. Yep. And touring. Yes. And that must have been with that Stitch in Time EP. Yeah. Yeah. And that two thousand two and two thousand three, we did a lot of traveling and playing, um, and pretty hard work and not. Mm. Like making ground, mm. but but not instant. Yeah, and, and stardom and celebrity and, and, by yeah. any stretch. And, and for non-Australians, part of the context is touring Australia is not just driving an hour to the next city and playing. It's it's like yeah. driving ten hours to the next yes. city or yeah, getting yeah. on a plane. So so we leave Melbourne at, at seven in the morning on a Saturday, mm. and arrive in Sydney at five. 4 or 5 p.m. Mm, yep. And then have something to eat, go to the venue, yep. set up, sound check, play a show, pack up, leave the venue at midnight on the Saturday night. Mm. And a couple of times we drove a few hours to a truck stop town, <laughs> yeah, yep. crashed in a motel, yep. and then spent all of Sunday in the car. Yeah, yep. 
uh, and so you know drive 2,000 kilometers in a weekend to play mm. one show we did a few times and yeah. other times we tried to yes put some together yeah you're right so there, there was yeah before even before that first album there's um, we played a lot of shows together yeah it's a lot of music yeah playing and and then 2004 is when the first album comes mm. out and yep. that had been recorded in sydney so again we packed up the car with all the equipment and drove mm. 12 hours to yep. get to the studio and spend a week yes up there so this is the mark on the pain mark on the pain yep yeah i was thinking too though like since then that mark on the pain was probably the high point of production and the, the, since then basically everything has been pretty lo-fi well that that that's right so that's the context for this right is mm. that um the budget for mark on the pain yeah was maybe 10 times the budget of play on probably Gay. probably yeah uh and um and it was a great experience with Tim Whitten and mm. it was an amazing studio mm. built by Midnight Oil or yeah, something. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, we, we were right in the middle of Australian music stuff. This is where it happens. And and then we toured that. And then at some point you must have decided that you wanted to record this album ourselves independently. Yeah, because we didn't have any money. <laughs> that, well, that's probably right. Yeah, so, yeah, yes, yeah. So I didn't ring a famous producer. I just rang you and, <laughs> and said, "Do you uh, mind producing this?" <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, but there must have been other ideas as well. I'm I'm trying to recall, think back, and I, I remember you talking about how um, uh, Mark on the Pain came out technically perfect, mm. but getting the vibe mm. and the feel right mm. is hard mm. when you're on a countdown timer. Yeah, yeah. Because you're paying a lot of money and you've only got five days or seven yep. days. I can't remember how long yep. we were up there. Um, but I think I think you wanted to take some different approaches with this. I, I think, yeah, in the lead up to Apollyon Vondredi as well, I, th- I think I'd been reading about just great albums from the 1960s and... and, and Realizing that they were basically recording on the equivalent of our, you know, four-track tape recorder yeah. quality of, um, I mean, you know, sure they had some amazing microphones and amps and whatever, but essentially they were working in a very constrained form of recording. So it made me think, like, it's about songs, it's about melodies, and yeah, and if you've if you concentrate on that, it doesn't matter so much how many tracks you've got. So actually, a lot of the demoing of a play of Andre D was done, yeah, on a four-track tape recorder yeah kind of retro um tape recorder partly with the idea of restricting what you could have so you've got vocals and guitar and then you've only got another couple of instruments yeah before you run out of tracks so yeah kind of forces you to be really minimalist in your make everything you put in there has to be doing something yeah otherwise you just don't have any space to yeah add things yeah and I, i think the other thing that had happened about that time or maybe a year or two earlier is that um, the M box had mm. come out, which was mm. a USB interface for the computer, mm. and uh, there's hundreds of them on the market now. But at the time, I think this was the first kind of domestic recording one that had come out. Yeah, and that gave us the opportunity to record onto a computer two tracks at a time. Mm. So running two microphones. Yeah, um, which prior to that, cassette yeah. four track, or um, I did I did have a 
digital eight track mini mm. disc thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the audio quality was pretty poor. You're right. On that, that. that you're right. That, that era was the the. I mean, we we're probably on the tail end of the the, the, the shift, but it, yeah. it was right in the middle of that shift where you could record at home with a reasonably cheap microphone onto yeah. your laptop, and it yeah. could sound good. Good. Yeah. Uh, whereas maybe five years before that. Yeah, it just the technology just wasn't there for that. Yeah, yeah. Four, four track cassette was probably yeah your main option. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so then that the, the other the the other thing I was remembering, and I think it's for this album, is is that for Mark on the Pain, uh, guitars were recorded separately. Mm. Yeah, um, and then vocal was recorded over the top of a pre-recorded guitar so mm. you're not playing guitar and singing at the same time yeah yeah um they, they've happened at two different times and the recordings are overlaid and I, I remember you sort of saying that's not how you wanted to do things yeah yeah so i guess anymore. there's a few different things leading into a plan of 100 there's probably a few different changes in approach and that was one of them about um yeah just trying to not have that dislocated sense of guitar being done differently to vocals <laughs> partly <laughs> the reason behind that is well, the whole part of the whole issue is that I have awful rhythm so me playing without song without a click track is dangerous territory in terms of yeah. just um, speeding up and slowing down too much to keep yeah. the vibe so needing some sort of guide yeah uh, yeah so so for Plan of Laundry, I think we did. All, I think we used a click track really at all. And I, I was about um, to ask you. I, I don't remember. I, yeah. I, I don't think we did because there's not full drum kit really. No. On here. No. Uh, and, and that's added later, I think, rather than being that's right laid down first. Yeah. 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 Then, I, I notice I'm credited as drums and percussion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> because there was just all sorts of. Things yeah. bashed against uh, other things to make noise. The, the classic. We'll come to Valderfields in a minute, but like um, I remember on Valderfields, there's a. I think you're you're hitting like an old trophy of my that my dad had or something. You're hitting it with a stick, and that's what that thing kind of. Right. Yes. Yeah. The drum. Yeah. Was. We kind of just dug around your yeah. garage and tried to find <laughs> things to things hit. that sounded good together. Yeah. 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 And so that probably. The, the fact that you're singing and playing guitar at the same time and that you're not stressed about trying to have a really regimented mm. tempo. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a difference. Although, like, if you listen to the start of I'm Sorry That The Kitchen Is On Fire. Yeah. Oh, that's got just incredible um, speed changes. <laughs> I, I start, I mean, I, the, the first couple of chords that are picked are just so out of time with the rest of yeah. the song. Yeah. Um, which when I listen to it now, I think, my goodness, what was that? <laughs> there was some uh, awful rhythm there. And, and that's probably the kind of thing that we wouldn't have, I don't want to say got away with, but, mm. but we wouldn't have stuck with that mm. for Mark on the Pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're it's just trying to get everything ordered. technically perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. Which is it's a really nice album, but I think this album just has charm and vibe. And, and, and surely it comes from some of that. I think we were just learning, weren't we? At the, like, sure. how, to, yeah. <laughs> how to put albums together. And, um, well, I remember you saying, oh, I want to sing and play guitar at the same time. I'm like, you can't do that because we're going to hear mm. guitar in the vocal microphone and we're going to hear vocals in the guitar microphone. And yeah. 
if we want to change something later, we can't change yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. And and you kind of saying, yeah, that's the whole idea. Yeah. Yeah. Really going back to this. This is a recording of a performance in a moment in time. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And we're not going to go back and say, oh, I don't like the way I said that word. Let's re-record that word. Yeah. Yeah. You're locked in in some ways to the actual performance. Once it's down and we say that's the take, then that's that's it. Which is kind of going back to that that, that, that sort of era of, you know, sort of classic albums I was talking about. They weren't weren't dropping, you know, a line in the middle of the song. They were performing the whole thing. Exactly. Together. I think the challenge for us, though, over not just this album, though, was that we just didn't have after those initial years of touring, we didn't have much opportunity to just play songs together. So a lot of it was cobbled together rather than performing it necessarily as a band together. Yeah, that, that's probably right. Look, looking at some of the songs, like I think Opportunity Fair and I'm Sorry the Kitchen is on Fire, that, that were probably played live quite a lot in the build-up to the recording. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like in the lead-up to the... Because I, I, I was... In, in Myanmar for like when I was writing these right. songs and then back you know for, no, there wasn't a lot uh, maybe 2005 we yeah. sort of did a couple of yeah. but we really didn't play very much as no. far as I remember so they might yeah. have been played live a couple of times but yeah. Yeah. basically we were going to the studio um, yeah without having played them as a band together and, and so this this is where the dates get blurry for me. So mm-hmm. so you, I, I had to look up on Wikipedia. I mean, I mean, you're an old friend, and I couldn't remember when you <laughs> moved to different countries. So I had to look up on Wikipedia. You 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 went to Myanmar initially. Mm. Was it a six month? Yeah, period yeah, or something. So it's 2004. So yeah, after we'd done that big block of touring on the first album. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were we were in Myanmar for six, well, basically six months. Yeah. In, in sort of the last half of 2004, and that was where I. I wrote a lot of yeah oh yeah probably the the, the guts of yeah that album and then 2005 we were back in Melbourne and and just doing a lot of demoing and yeah I don't think we really played many shows then yeah. and then you and then you were overseas just after we'd finished the recording yeah so that must have been the second half of 2005 maybe yeah when we recorded this yep yep um my my recollection is that I was recording on I was working on this album. Uh, Chris Lynch's mm. Broken Flight mm. album um, and an Adlesseri album at the same time trying to get them all finished by the end of the year yeah basically right before you because went. I was going to move to the UK for 2006 2007 yeah. and, and was there where were you at at that point in your you know experience as a as a producer or like uh yeah it's it, well i'd probably not called myself a producer <laughs> yeah before this yeah yep i don't think and I'd, I'd been mucking around with recording stuff yep or for a few years mm. um yep. and maybe just a bit of context on that like you, you mentioned a couple of bands there at lazaria yeah yeah so i've been playing in in some bands um that that um uh, well, Ad- Adlesary, kind of our, our big thing was that we didn't have vocals, mm. really. And, and mm. so that was, uh, we formed around 2000 or yep. somewhere there. And that was very spacious. Very spacious. Soundscape-y. Yeah, soundscape yep. stuff. Um, and then our, our friend Chris Lynch, um, who has, has a band called Broken Flight, which mm. is worth trying to find. Mm. One of those things is a bit hard to find, that, but I think yeah, it's on Bandcamp. Uh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Great. That's some of those um, albums are beautiful. Uh, mm. That was more vocal. 
yeah. and, and guitar, yeah. um, but probably with some of that more spacious elements. Yes. Um, yeah. And then uh, you you'd sort of come from that that um, acoustic guitar vocal mm. stuff. Yes. And, and I yeah. think some of the spacious elements probably start entering more with this album. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's true uh, sort of stuff like Mellon Street Book Club and, yeah, yeah there's a couple of things kind of more stuff. instrumental yeah. and then instrumental piano yeah. driven kind of stuff so what in, in that era what what were your musical influences what were the things that you that sort of oh. shaped the way that you saw production of yeah albums? great great question um, well I, I guess I was I was really into indie music and and I think the reason for that was that I was really into music that felt really genuine. Mm. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, maybe if you look back in 2001, what is that like new metal and skater punk, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. um Corn and Blink-182 and yeah. those bands were on the radio, mm. which which to me just felt really super produced. Mm. Yeah. Um you know, uh really like overdone. Um, and and so you know, sort of quiet, mm. genuine voices yep. uh, over the top of real instruments mm. were probably what I was mostly into at the time. Yeah, yeah. And so it, Melbourne bands um, like Soda Stream, yeah, yep, um, and Art of Fighting, yeah, uh, Augie March, yep. So, some of these um, and, and Melbourne local has bands. over the years had an extraordinary music scene, and that, and we were very much kind of enjoying that scene in the sure, early 2000s yeah. and yeah, some great yeah. some fantastic out, bands out seeing bands every week and yep. um, and so I guess I was kind of I, I that was where my interest mm, mm. was and in terms of production it was that kind of yeah yep. production that I was interested in yep. um, spacious stuff I, I think I always wanted the vocals just a little quieter yeah, in the mix yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which which uh, you know uh, was mixed by Marcus yeah. Barthak and yeah. I suspect he probably the rough mixes I gave him I think he probably bumped your vocal yes, up yes I think and, he might have yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. But, but I didn't have a lot of gear no so going back to the gear I, I, my recollection is that you paid for the M-Box mm. okay yep and, and Chris Lynch from Broken Flight paid for the microphone the microphone I'm speaking into yes which moment. I still have so I've gotten my money's worth out of it you're talking into it now and 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 that, that's what we used yeah I, I had a laptop yep um, and that's what we used to record everything we must have had a second microphone maybe you bought a second yeah. microphone or yeah. something like that it was that. pretty low pretty lo-fi though really like, no yeah no no extra of... boxes sweetening up the sound or yeah. anything like that just yep. straight straight into the inbox the usb interface and, mm. and into the computer yeah um and and basically we just recorded everything so that we thought it sounded good yep um and then handed it over to marcus yeah who, i think he did it in retrospect did a great job of, of a set of fairly lo-fi tracking um yeah to yeah to, to pull up his, his together, yeah. technical ability combined with his ear yeah it's really nice yeah yeah and there's, there's a bit of his sort of creative uh, probably haven't um acknowledged this enough really like his creative input into like i think of open the blinds that, that last track and a lot of the way he's sort of shaping the end of that song and yeah a lot of that was right. his yeah his kind of creative yeah. input into the the sound yeah 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 all right and so then we record this at the end of 2005 I zip off overseas mm. at, at, with your last show 
playing drums yeah being um the Balderfields single launch yeah upstairs in, in Fitzroy and, yeah in yeah. in Melbourne and then how how long do you stay in Melbourne for after that because yeah. then yeah that's yeah so I, th- I think we t- we toured uh that album Apollyon Vendredi uh yeah just maybe just going to all the major cities in australia over a couple of weeks yeah and then and then that's yeah when i headed off to like long term to myanmar yeah so so yeah it was kind of the in some ways the closure of a of a period of time where we'd played and recorded things together and toured a lot and then you were going long term to the uk and yep um we were going to to myanmar long term it was it was was, it felt like the end of a chapter Mm. All, all up five years or f- yeah, yeah. four and a half years or yep. something um, uh, with a lot of adventures and traveling mm. and working hard at it. Yeah. And I kind of thought that would be the end of it, mm. to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but of course, it wasn't the end of it at all. And, and and I don't know the full story, really, because I was in the UK and you were mm. in Myanmar. So every now and then I get an email from you. Mm. But my understanding is that MySpace yeah, yeah. allowed an audience of people to find mm. this music mm. that, that we would not have been able to access in any other way. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Yeah, the, the, putting it in its sort of context that we were saying before about the context of home recording suddenly kind of being possible and, and yeah. us being able to do that. But also that that shift to, to social media and and yeah, obviously MySpace is not 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 wasn't the pick of the bunch that they got through. But at the time, yeah, created opportunities. And I think we put a couple of songs up yeah. on MySpace, and yeah, um, that suddenly allowed not just a kind of indie um, Australian inner city audience, but yeah. people just listening wherever to be able to access yeah. it. And 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 of course, the the end of the story is that Japan and China become really big and supportive audiences mm, mm. that have kind of enabled you to keep making music that people will listen to, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You'd probably keep making music anyway. I, I think I would have, yeah. I mean, we moved to, to Myanmar long term and Myanmar is obviously not a, a hub of <laughs> global kind of indie music. Yeah. Um, so I never expected that, that it would be something that would be able, I could pursue you know intensively and we we're obviously doing yeah. aid work there so i didn't have the, the time either but but i always expected to keep kind of writing songs and, sure yeah yeah but yeah and then, then just in the, those, the year after that getting random emails from people in different parts of the world saying they'd heard yeah. um yeah heard valder fields especially on on myspace and yeah. yeah and then and then obviously getting connections with um lyrico and shin in um in japan which yeah which was a whole new completely unexpected yeah. chapter for us yeah um yeah in, in music yeah I, I mean in uh in music there's always the big in japan thing, <laughs> right yeah isn't yeah. there you you know you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, it's sure. the, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the origin of that is but, yeah. but there's but there's always been a oh yeah i'm What's that mockumentary? There's a mockumentary. Oh, a spinal tap yeah i think, thing, I think they it? become big in japan at the right. end maybe that's maybe what that's it the, is yeah Yep. But 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 the Japanese audience, and I th- my recollection is the Japanese audience kind of found it first, and then China. I, th- I think so. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then there was also yeah, kind of Korea, and then there was a little bit of France, kind of. Uh, there was yeah. A little bit of an audience there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So I, I mean, it, uh, yeah, it's it, it sort of still blows me away that, that yeah, that, yeah, and I, and I guess as we we're saying, that was a particular time when that kind of thing became possible, where it just was not possible before. Yeah. Social media and people's ability to access music. Yeah. Around the world. Yeah. So it was a particular moment in time when that yeah that became possible, and also perhaps before it became so flooded as it is now. Yeah. Um, with Spotify, where you can access. Anything. I guess it was like that thing, wasn't it? Where all of a sudden you could hear music from other parts of the world. Mm. Yeah. And it was fresh and new and it felt like yeah. maybe a gold rush pioneering type thing. Yep. You, know, you could actually go and find yeah. exciting yep. new stuff that no one in your country or your city yeah. had heard of before. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I, 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 I don't know if it's a room. You can tell me if it's true, mm. true or not. I, I remember hearing that Velderfields. The, the Chinese label estimated there'd been a, a million illegal downloads of Outer Fields in China. I mean, is that... <laughs> yeah, I have got no any idea. credibility to that statement? I, I, I have no idea of the, the, num- yeah, the numbers, yeah. but um, it, it, there, 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 was, there was a lot. Apparently, it was also a very popular ringtone for like, there right. was a period of time. And, and yes. I've, had, I've had students here at Melbourne University who, yeah. who like who say you know I had your song as my, my right. like on the Nokia type phone yeah, or something yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, right just, that's bizarre but uh, and of course it went on to uh, it, it was like um, featured on like The Voice yeah te- televised more recently yeah. competition yeah. and yeah um, I was watching uh, that, that Chinese dating show that we get on Australian yeah. TV yep. and they, they wasn't Velda Fields but yeah, they, they were using one. a song in the background yeah. on that so it sort yeah. of hit this level of listenership yeah that we'd not had not at all for any of our music and and any of our friends you know we're a pretty close-knit community of bands yeah in the early 2000s none of us had kind of had that many people listening sure yeah and and the expectations of us yeah sitting in my front room doing a lo-fi recording of a couple of songs like we didn't have any expectation no yes yeah Um, yeah not at, at all at all yeah and but a lot of that seems to have been like initiated by the song Valderfields. Mm. Mm. That that that's the one. Yeah, which I I still. I mean, you never know what why certain things um, uh, appeal to people broadly, and yeah. and it probably shouldn't be something you try and as an artist you shouldn't you know be trying to replicate something yep. like that. You just make what you, you just make what you make what yep. you make. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, clearly that one's been the one that has just grabbed, uh, yeah, a different level of attention. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was one of the ones that I wrote in 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 Myanmar, in a, in a really remote part of northern Myanmar. Um, you were volunteering on this aid project at the time, and um, it was very slow lifestyle. So it was yes. quite a lot of time. There's a guitar sitting in the place where we were staying. Um, yeah. So that was that was one that came during that time and. Yeah, I remember at the time, like the, the the day of writing it, that it was. Yeah, I think some songs when you write them, you just feel like going back and playing them yeah. a, a lot, and that yeah. was one that I just went back to. But then, then over the next few months, as I and then came back to Australia and started doing demos of the songs, that was one that I, I completely fell out of love with. Like yeah. I, I, um had had worked on it quite a lot but then uh, yeah had lost confidence in it and, yep. and it, it had actually 
in the the demos for the album it had dropped off yeah the album and it wasn't going to be part of a Plyon Bondre I, I remember feeling just the tiniest bit kind of cringy about it I don't right. know what it was just yeah. something about it yeah I didn't like yeah uh, and then I, I think once it was kind of back in in the mix of songs that mm. were potentially going to make the album and we fleshed it out mm. I started to have fonder feelings right yeah yeah it. I actually yeah. sat down with a friend and he was saying, oh, so you could just a, a, a friend who was sort of interested in what we we're thinking about next for yeah. music. This is Phil, Phil Noski. And, and he said, oh, I just played play a couple of, a few of the songs that are going to be on the album. So I played a few and then yeah. said, you got any more? And I played Valda Fields to him. Right. And he stopped and said, you've got to put that one on. Well, right. You've got, to, you've got to have that on the album. And, and, and that at that point, it was not on the album. And yeah. I think his insistence of that made me think, oh, right, okay, we need to have a bit more of a, yep. a go at this. Yep. Um, and and it ends up number two, track two on the album, which is kind of prime mm-hmm. spot. You know, track one, I reckon track one on an indie album is the introduction yeah, track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then you hit the single around two or three. Yeah. yeah. I think after the recording, we knew that that, like after we'd had all the songs recorded mix I think yep. we knew that that yep. was the, the single yep um, now, I, now I'm not great at classical music but but the chord progression is yeah the same as a famous piece of classical music right oh yeah so I mean there's a lot of it's a I didn't think through this at the yeah. time yeah but there is that classic progression which ends up being a lot of pop songs and it's like Packabell Cannon and yeah right um, so what is it? it's like the the, the first to the fifth to the minor four to the yeah so, right. so there's a certain progression yeah which is just a, 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 I mean it's I guess it it's one that's open to so many melodic possibilities yeah uh, th- yeah that makes it a, an obvious chord progression yeah so yep. I, 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 I in retrospect now I probably know a little bit more about chordal structures and stuff yeah we can see that that was yeah where it was coming from um yeah, yeah. I think at the time though, leading into playing on Vendredi, uh, I, I, I thought about melody in a different way, and yeah. and maybe started to analyse melody a bit more. And I think the classic thing for songwriters, and this was definitely me in early in the early period of songwriting, is that you tend to use the first five notes in the scale. So you you've got your chords, sure. and yep. you, you kind of move between those five notes. But I think most good melodies that that make us want to hear them again or or, or things that hook into our brain are are often using a bigger scale like you're using the the sort of eight notes of the scale and you're moving around more dynamically yeah so i think i push myself to and you know you think of the beach boys or the Mm. the way that they're using um range yeah is incredible yeah so I yeah I think I was just trying to push myself to move past that kind of you know beginner indie songwriter where you're playing around with just those few notes to push the melodies a little bit more. Yep. Um, so that was definitely part of the thinking with other fields. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of that approach to melody is plays out for the first time on this album. I think so. Yeah. 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 The, the yeah, just that. Um, I mean, there's no there's obviously no rules about writing melodies yes and and there's, there's no rules about something that's going to work or not but uh, it's probably there's probably some great songs that have been written just using those first five yes, notes in the scale yeah, yeah but but in general i think pushing yourself yeah. further yeah. 
is is better for melody yeah. yeah and i i i again blurry memory and i can't mm. i can't remember if it's this album or not but i a lot of people write a song by finding some chords that sound good and then they just try and sing over the top of those chords and they try and find a melody mm. almost you know um sort of just a lucky yeah. mistake yep and i remember at one at one stage you had a little battery mm. dictaphone mm. yeah probably because we didn't have smartphones yet yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or it's probably just late to the party with or, smartphones yeah. so so if you wanted to record something you, you had this little battery pocket dictaphone and i remember me telling that you you telling me that you change your songwriting technique mm. and that you sometimes in the middle of the night would have a melody mm. in your head yeah and you'd pull this dictaphone out and you'd record the melody yeah yeah without a really clear idea on what the chords underneath mm. were going to be yeah yeah and and that that's kind of a i think it's a different approach because there's a melody first approach yeah, right? yeah i think that's you're right that's probably a quite a big difference from that album um and, and was that this one do you reckon yeah i think it was yeah 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 so i I, th- I think the mistake that i made early in songwriting was playing complex chords on the guitar and then trying to find melodies over the top of it yeah and actually really restricting and yeah if you, if you think of a melody first, um, and especially, I think the other thing about this this album as well was about having a lot of material. Like, you've got a hundred recordings on a dictaphone of melodies, yeah. and then you work out option. 90 of them are going to be boring and terrible. Yes. Yeah. But you're going to stumble on some things that work. And I think, I yeah. think that's just works with creativity in general but you've got to have a lot of material and you look through yeah great artists and they right. had a lot of material that wasn't that great but they and and so did that come about did you end up with that material because you went to Myanmar and sat in a remote location I probably whereas for four years before that yeah whenever we did music we were playing mm, that's true traveling yeah, yeah. or, or yeah. whatever so it's probably a function of having more space but I think it was probably more an approach thing yeah. Whereas I think another trap that I fell into as a as a songwriter as well was was uh, writing a song and then trying to hone it, yeah, and spend weeks working on it. Whereas actually I should have come up with ten new song ideas and then chosen the best right. one. Yeah. So I think that that's interesting. Yeah, and creativity in general. I think that's a real yeah um, issue is spending too long on one idea. Yeah. Yeah, and not not opening up so yourself to lots of ideas yeah so that was definitely a difference on this album yep yep which then followed on again i couldn't remember which album came in what year mm. but i look today and it's like uh 2004 mark on the pain then two years yeah 2006 plan wonder d and then 2008 yeah so you kind of had a two-year thing going yeah for a while there yes uh and then i think it's 2011 yeah yep Yep, and and then uh, it might be another three years, yeah. two thousand fourteen. Yep, and then another three years, and then another three years, two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Yep, and if you follow the pattern, it looks like there should be one in twenty twenty two. Is what I worked out. <laughs> so it's like two two, oh, yeah, yeah. two 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 three four. Yeah, and like if five. there's a five, yeah, you're right. Yep, it's twenty twenty two. Yes, yeah, and, right. and will there be? Do you think? Oh, uh, th- th- there is. I mean, Melbourne and coronavirus lockdowns etc have delayed things a little yeah. but yeah there's definitely a f- uh, an album of songs there 
Yeah. But just the ability to be able to find a way to record them while being in lockdown. Yeah. It's difficult. I'm also, as I was saying before, like after a lot of recording, doing pretty lo-fi home recorded stuff, and I'm not very good technically on recording music. So, yeah. um, so I'm excited about the idea of actually going to a studio and, and, right. do, and, and recording some really nice guitar and piano sounds and vocal yeah. sounds. Yeah. Just as a, as a, as a kind of almost an experiment in return yeah. to some more high quality yeah. um, recordings. Yeah. Right. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but maybe, maybe bringing that, all that stuff that you've learned around performance rather than mm. technical brilliance. Mm. Mm. Uh, I think we've done so much of that now of the, of the lo-fi limited number of tracks, yeah. um, focusing on the song yeah. rather than having lots of production. Yeah. We've done a lot of that. Explored and, that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just interested to, to have some different kinds of sounds. Yeah. Um, Symphony orchestra. So the that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> just just me in a symphony orchestra. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that means you're not in it. Anymore. <laughs> um, and, and what are you? What have you got planned with in terms of music? Yeah, m- music. Um, well, I mean, we should probably say that music's been pretty consistent for you, hasn't mm. it? Like like we said, you've you've yeah, used yeah, this album every couple of years. Yep. Maybe yep. a short break here and there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but same for you. I guess it. I guess forms. it has. I mm. feel like music uh, comes in kind of chapters mm. or periods yep. of my life, and yep. then backs off for a little while, and yeah, I yeah. find something else yep. to to do. You know, yep. like um, I certainly haven't had uh, that singular focus. Mm. Mm. And when I look back, actually, a lot of the people we were playing music with in the early 2000s in Melbourne, there's not that many of them still playing music yeah, at yeah. all, really. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, so we're sitting in my spare room here and it's still we're still surrounded by instruments and bits of equipment and all yeah. that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of back doing a bit of music now after a mm. few years of not doing any. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, but, but exploring a bit more... Um, some electronic mm, yep. kind of sounds. Yep. Um, uh, in, in in the early days of me exploring spacious music, I, I never wanted drums, really. I felt like drums was mm. selling out mm. when you're doing spacious yep. ambient music. Uh, but but now I'm, I'm getting a lot more interested in yeah. repetitive beats, beats yep. as a part of that spacious ambient and what's that stuff. project so so the, i've got a few tracks out at the moment under the name club champion mm. which is meant to be funny you know, yeah, you know yeah. like it's meant to you be are you know, a club champion cyclist <laughs> well yes but but, but <laughs> the humor is meant to be that it's kind of like nightclub influence yeah music. yeah, no, yeah no, uh, no. and i've never really been to a nightclub in my life yes really <laughs> so i'm far from and track racing (laughs) so i'm far from a nightclub champion uh but but and and there's you know it's about a bit self-deprecating in that but but the music i I, i'm i guess like we said earlier i'm I'm interested in genuine yeah yeah honest yes voices yes yeah uh, I, and, by and the way, sorry, I've, I've been enjoying the Cobb Champion. <laughs> Cobb Champion. Yes. On, on where, where, where can you find it? Oh, it's on Spotify and all okay. of the yep. Apple Music and all of those. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
so so that's sort of um what what i'm doing but also getting to the age probably like you are when, when my kids are mm. starting to mm. explore music yeah. a bit more and yeah yeah i might be in the window where they're interested in learning music from me mm. and yeah. in, a, in a couple of years they're probably not going to be yeah, and yeah. they're gonna tell me to go away and, and yeah. they'll do their own thing which i'm actually really excited about yeah so yeah. yeah. focus changes a bit i guess yes in that, yeah in that yeah. regard yeah. I'm grooming my daughter to take over from drumming from you, by the way. <laughs> it's been a long-term plan. Well, there's, a, there's pl- plenty of examples of, um, of people family doing on, that. Family on the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. Um, uh, I think Wilco has the son playing drums in, um, in Crowded House. I think it's the band okay, right. and yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah, so there's options there. Yeah, yeah amazing. Um, yeah, and, and, and so where does that... Where do you go then from here? Because it's been 15 years since yeah. this album and, and 20. Right, since we started. Since you called me. Yeah. But, but yeah. then there were a couple of years before that. Yeah, right. I've just so maybe you've been writing around. songs for 22 or 23 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I go in different phases, but I, I, I can, yeah, I can, I can see myself just still enjoying melodies in 20 years time or yeah. even if even if it's just an audience of my family and, and you yes <laughs> yeah um yeah but i yes yeah, so I, I i love doing that i also recently just tra- branching out a little bit with create creatively as well and just really obsessed by a kind of visual art yeah and, um yeah something so- that i feel like i missed out on when um those years of playing music that just didn't really sort of focus on that stuff. So, so this is what's the Instagram account? Oh, Tamus Wells Art. Tamus yeah. Wells Art. So, so you're doing painting, visual yeah. art. Yeah. And it's primarily faces. Yeah, sort of figurative, portrait. figurative. Yeah. Um, stuff. Yeah, which which I, I just got it way into over the, the COVID lockdown period. Yeah. Doing lots of drawing and then moving into portraits and it, it's it's like remarkable. No, thanks. stuff. Yeah, I, I've been quite blown away, especially uh, over the last month. It, 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 as an outsider, just looks like you're knocking these things out every day of the week. <laughs> well, I've had a bit more time, I guess, to be, be working on that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, just love the way that you, especially with faces, that just the tiniest kind of change changes expressions of, of people. And yeah. Um, is is there any? Is there, there any? I mean, which we should say that some of the paintings on your album covers are your dad's. Yeah, art. well, Apollyon Vendredi is my dad's. So, uh, so, so your dad art, is yeah. a painter, and I know that you were starting to do um, some of the later albums have some of your. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, some some really sort of minimalist sort of stuff. But yes, um, yeah, yeah. But, so dad but, was primarily a landscape painter, right? Um, and then I, I got into kind of just doing some like more abstract yeah. things, but recently have really fallen in love with portrait portraiture, which is really different. Yeah, and and yeah. I ima- like I, I don't paint at all, but I imagine technically mm. it's very different to large canvases mm. of single color. Yeah, or, yeah, you know, yep. some minor yeah. variations. Well, what what in I've color. been getting into recently is is having a bit more space and more abstract parts of a painting and then having figures in that right um yeah so anyway that, that's kind yeah. of what i'm currently and, interested in 
how do you see a link between that and songwriting like like creative pursuits yeah yeah right and so there's obviously you've mentioned you work at a university and you've done mm. aid work so so mm. you're not 100% artist mm. yep um, you have these art- artistic expressions through your life mm. and, and songwriting's yeah yeah been one that's been there for a long time yeah is, is it linked at all do you see any I, similarities well, between it to, to find it, ask you about this too but I, I, I think what I feel what drives me in creative things is there's some sort of maybe it's almost like a, a drug there's kind of a moment when either you've written a song and you're and recorded or something and you think oh and and you hear it and it just gives you this feeling of, of joy oh. listening yes. to it yeah I have the same there's kind of a moment in painting as well like especially with painting people's eyes yeah where, where you've you spend an hour kind of doing a face and then you do the eyes at, at the end and then you, you sort of step back and you think oh that gives you a sense of joy right. of, yeah but this thing's come alive yeah um so it's it's very much that same feeling and, right. and, and you're striving to find that again because it yes. feels so so good to be yes, able to yes, do that yes. yeah um so i really yeah that's that, that's probably what motivates me is finding right. that that moment and then yeah. there's a lot of hard work around that yeah. and yeah. we're talking about that about you write the song but then you've got to work out how to record it or you've got to finish yeah. off the painting and this is there's bits where you just have to work yeah but somewhere in the process there's this moment where you're like okay this right. excites me yeah what, what drives you to to start a new musical project or? It, it it's probably it's probably the same in a way hmm. um yeah, I, I like if if for me if I look at well we've got this album in front of us, and I don't know when I last listened mm. to this album. Do you know when you last listened to it? I mean, it was released fifteen years ago. Yeah, in full, I wouldn't have listened to it for years. Yeah, yep. yeah, um, because once it's finished, it uh, I feel like that feeling you're describing fades mm. over time mm. i'd be interested to hear with painting whether that happens or not but yeah. but the process yeah yeah and 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 in fact i i write songs mm. uh and and i i in when they're halfway finished i just love listening to them mm. no one else has heard them yeah yeah i i put them on in the background or i'm doing some work and i put yeah. them on yeah i just i just get a kick out of listening yeah. To, <laughs> to your own music <laughs> yeah but it's the half finished music yeah, and I don't know yeah. what that is it's the it's it's that it gives my brain the opportunity to like just have some imagination and explore what it could sound yeah, like when yeah, it's yeah. finished or something yep. but then the actual work of getting it to the point where yeah. it's good enough for other people to listen to is yeah. such hard work yeah yeah the, by the time you get to there you kind of don't really want to listen to it I anymore. totally agree and I think that's happened with every album that I've done is is that by the time it's released and then you might tour or play, I'm totally onto the next project. Like yeah. I, I have no more joy from that project. Yeah. <laughs> that was all yeah. part of the half finished thing that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And I think you're right too. That, I mean, it sounds really narcissistic, but I think if, if when you're making music or making art or whatever, like there has to be a moment where you just, you really love what, whatever you've created. So you, yeah putting on club champion and listening to that like you have to do that if you're not just really enjoying it yes then you shouldn't be releasing it or you shouldn't put it out there yeah um 
Yeah, that well, and that goes back to um, Velderfields struck a chord mm. with a lot of people, mm. and a lot of people who live in a quite a different context with a mm. different upbringing, yeah. and a different education to what you had, but it struck a chord. Yeah, but you were saying before you can't write songs for other people. Mm. Yep, you have to write them for yourself because. There are plenty of people who try to write songs for other people. Yeah. And, yeah. and at the end of the day, they're rubbish. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and so, yeah, you've got, you've got to do it for yourself. It sounds, it's, you're right. It sounds self-centered, but you ha- it, it's, it's the, yeah, you've got to have that, the joy of your own. Yeah. Cre- creating. Yeah. What, what you've created yeah. has to be there and, and, and has to be the end point. Yeah, that, that if no one ever hears or no one else likes it, that you've you've had the joy of that that yes. process. And so, if yep. Fields, if we'd recorded that and we'd had the joy of making it, yeah, um, that was enough. Like that yep. was that was the and, fun that we had. Yeah, and maybe that's that's the answer to a question that I was thinking I would ask you, and I wasn't sure if I would or not. To an outsider, someone who's heard your music on a ringtone, for mm. example, mm. Um, this. They will consider this album, <clears throat> album number two, of how many? Five? Yeah, maybe six. Six? <clears throat> it's like the apex. Mm. This is like the high point of your career mm. or your songwriting ability. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. And then since then, um, the casual listener who's not that interested might say, well, he's never written anything as good as Felder Fields mm. in the 15 years since it was yeah, released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And 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 I guess you've already answered the question just then. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way of framing it. Yeah, that that it's that, that 2006 was when I I got the joy out of that album. Yeah, and I've listened to it for years. Like I, that, that I'm finding new joy in new. Yeah, and issues. it's fan- and it's fantastic that other people can find the joy in it now or mm. in the future or ten years mm. ago mm. or earlier we were talking about music that we've been listening to yeah, yeah. and exploring yes and and i've been exploring 1965 and 1966 yeah, 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 you yeah. know yep those those um those people john coltrane or you're yeah. talking about bill Fay. yeah 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 they made the music when they made it and they got the joy out of yes. it yes and then they just release it into the world and yeah. it yep. sits there yep and and at some stage it might find an audience yeah uh, I think that's right there has needs to be a firewall between those things though there's the joy of producing it and, and like we've had a fantastic time yeah all of those tours that we've we've done overseas and met yeah. lots of people and it's been really fun but that that part of the enjoyment of it w- w- was sort of an afterthought from just yeah. the joy of making things yeah. to begin with yeah I think and there needs to be a, a firewall between those like you can enjoy success from a song or mm. touring or whatever that's mm. great but if that's what you're looking for yeah. then I don't think that's art like it, it's it's art when you're the, the joy comes from the, just the process mm. when people like it yeah. or not yeah yeah right there we go we got deeply philosophical <laughs> but probably just straightened out a few things <laughs> for me some good reminders yeah but, but huge thanks as well to to um various people in various countries who have who have really allowed us to to yeah. be able to 
have all that joy of, of over the years of oh, traveling yeah, around yeah. and meeting fantastic people and uh yeah in in, a, in, in an in unexpected a, completely unexpected way that, that uh, when the recording of this album was finished that we yeah. just had not even an inkling of of doing that the, there's kind of the there's the work hard get lucky mm. idea isn't mm. it you, you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. um and uh and the the hard work and the creativity and the touring and the adventures and all that sort of stuff would have been worth it anyway mm, mm. but the the get lucky part of it and and we're not talking about millions of dollars you, you didn't <laughs> you didn't build a house on the back of a play on vendredi <laughs> no, no but the 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 get lucky parts of it is just that it finds people who love it mm, mm. uh as much as you do or more than you do or mm. in a different way and mm. it means something to them and it just yep. gives you that little bit of feedback that like yeah like this not only is this completely selfish thing yeah that i love listening to my own music yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> which which would be a pretty insular selfish existence yeah yeah, yeah. um um actually you can say well it, it does it does have an impact hopefully a positive impact on, yeah and on, in the same way that, that some people that there's other music that i listen to that i love and it just yeah. like that, that people have written that that um yeah that really impacts me and yeah and i yeah it's yeah. amazing if you it's things that you produce have the same impact on other people that's yeah, yeah. it's incredible yeah. yeah and kind of perpetuates creativity in a way like mm. you listen to music that inspires you mm. uh, particularly when you're young I guess yeah yeah and then that inspires you to pick up a guitar or yeah to yeah form a band or to yes. do whatever stuff and and then if you can create something that hopefully inspires someone else and that just perpetuates a thing that's a really nice oh absolutely thing to be a part of yeah yeah that's been hugely fun in the last yeah. however many years we've been doing it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and th- and that probably brings us to about the end of our time um yeah it's been it's been great re re uh rethinking about the the album and yeah um, and and you know if if you were planning this us meeting up and just catching up mm. you you might say gee wouldn't it be great if we didn't talk for two years <laughs> and then yeah, we just yeah. had this really natural yeah, connection yeah, that happened right. yeah. <laughs> uh which we would never have done of course but covid meant that i haven't actually seen you yeah. for the best part of two yeah, years yeah that's right yep. ne- nearly two years melbourne with the longest lockdowns in the world uh so yeah it's been great to just catch up and explore some of these ideas and of course we, we were inspired to come together not only because lockdown is finished and we're vaccinated and everything else um but because uh lyrico yeah uh, our japanese label have have gone ahead and and produced this beautiful pressing of mm. a play on vendredi yes which is of course available yeah on online you'll find it if yep. you type it into google and yep. you can you can order your copy um yeah so huge thanks to to yeah. Lyrico and to shin for his That's, support yeah. over the years yeah. and for putting together this uh yeah shin this shin our, our label guy in japan is uh is responsible for a lot of the fun and adventures that yeah. we've been able to have traveling around the world really hasn't he so absolutely yeah yeah and endless gratitude for him and his support and what he's done for us yeah great well thanks for your time thank thank you Tanis we should do this again sometime maybe another 15 years (laughs) (laughs) catch up see what's happened 15 years remedy signed the podcast from 15 years ago (laughs) something like that yeah great 
All right, and um, thanks for listening if you've made it this far through the recording. Thanks, everyone. Bye.